Weird Obsession. I'm Cherish Lively, and we're listening to Blood Kiss by Karen Chebin. This psychological suspense novel blends romance with creepy thrills to keep you glued to your seat. One reviewer says, This story is full of twists and turns, mystery, drama, suspense, and romance. So put your earbuds in and let's see if sparks fly between Alicia and Mike. Chapter 2 He'd kept his distance all day, watching her as she completed her tasks. Just being in her vicinity calmed him. He wasn't surprised when she pulled into the strip mall. She came here often, at least once a week. Her favorite takeout was the honey crispy chicken with white rice. He eased his truck into a parking space in an adjacent parking lot and stared at her when she got out of the car. Could she sense his presence? His pulse raced when her eyes flit his way as she scanned her surroundings. Anxiety coiled in his gut when she entered Young Guns instead of the Chinese restaurant. What did she go in there for? As the minutes passed, the anxiety unraveled and rushed through his veins and tensed his muscles. He nervously popped a few Tic Tacs into his mouth and crunched them as he stared at the store waiting for her to exit. He cursed himself. He'd noticed the change in her. The dark rings under her hypnotizing blue eyes, her distraction, and worst of all, her bubbly personality was flattening, like soda that's been left out too long. The soda still looked the same, but it left a yucky taste in your mouth. That was how her spirit had changed. Her beauty still shone through, but a dark cloud seemed to hang over her, obscuring her natural glow. He tried to recall when this change in her started as he thought back on their courting period. She'd been so excited when she received the flowers that he sent. Her face had glowed with excitement. But as the days went by, she'd grown distracted. He'd feared she was sad because he hadn't contacted her again, so he decided to cheer her up. The following day, He'd left a note of encouragement under her windshield wiper. He even spritzed the paper with his cologne, hoping the scent could be his calling card. The danger of that boldness thrilled him. What if she recognized him before he was ready for her? His plan could be destroyed, and he could lose her forever. But he left the scented note anyway. Disappointment nearly overwhelmed him as he watched her read his love letter. He was confused by the expression on her face. Instead of the excitement that radiated off of her the day she carried the beautiful flowers to her car, her eyebrows pulled down in confusion as she looked around the school parking lot. He knew she wouldn't see him. He watched her from the visitor parking lot as he blended in with other cars. His secret was safe, but his desire for her gained momentum. He wanted to cross the parking lot wrap his arms around her, and kiss the concern off her face. But that wasn't on the agenda for that day. He'd made a schedule. He intended to keep it. Saddened to see that she was disappointed with his note, he resolved to console her. Figuring that he'd gone over the top with the bouquet, and that he'd set the wooing bar too high, he changed his strategy. He would give her a few days, and then give her another gift. When he could wait no longer to see her happiness, he left a little bag on her front porch. 
He'd spent a lot of time choosing the bag. The store had so many options, and he didn't want to choose the wrong one. Alicia was used to nice things. She had refined taste and good manners, so the bag had to be just right. He'd finally settled on a pink leopard print bag with a fringe of black cord wrapped around the top. It was flirty and fun, but not slutty, just like her. During the night, when he knew she was asleep and even the neighbors wouldn't see him, he set the bag on the porch. Then he sat in the dark, waiting for the sun to peek above the horizon and signal the beginning of her morning routine. Nervous energy filled him when he saw the front door crack open for her morning walk. He chuckled when she almost tripped over the bag. Her dog, Forrest, barked at the bright pink bag and tried to stick his muzzle through the opening. She restrained the dog and picked up the bag. Standing with one foot in the house and one on the porch, she tossed the pink tissue paper inside the house and pulled out the chocolate caramels. They were her favorite. But instead of looking happy, her face took on an unusual appearance. He couldn't tell what she was thinking, and it killed him that he couldn't ask her and let her know of his attraction for her. He needed more time. He planned on doing this the right way. He decided to back off a little. She taking him for granted? Maybe a little time away from his adorations would empower him. He didn't want to look too desperate. Ladies seem to want what they can't have. It nearly killed him, watching the dark bags under her eyes get bigger. But he held out. He waited a full week before he gave her the beanie boo. He'd never spent so much time staring at stuffed animals before. He'd stood at the Beanie Boo carousel in the store and felt overwhelmed by the options. He wanted to get her a cute stuffed animal that could bring her smiles and cheer her up when she had a rough day. But when he made his decision, a part of him was jealous of the big, blue-eyed, husky plush. He wanted to hold Alicia in his arms. But for now, he'd have to settle for her cuddling his stand-in. He could be patient. Their day would come. He'd waited for the right time to deliver the big-eyed husky. It took days of observation, but he enjoyed each moment in her presence. Finally, one night as darkness overtook the murky grayness of dusk, she parked in the driveway and ran into the house without locking her car. This was his chance, the opportunity he'd been waiting for. His pulse quickened with excitement at the potential for getting caught. He quickly crept along the shrubs that lined the house and eased open the driver's side door. Her perfume assaulted his senses. He caressed the seat. It was still warm from her heat. He hardened with desire. With one hand, he placed his gift on the seat and rubbed himself through his pants with the other. He couldn't wait for her hand to touch him there to grip and tug on him. When she called out to her dog, he eased the car door shut and prowled back into the darkness. He made it to safety just as she jogged down her porch steps. When she opened the door, her face said it all. Her eyes bugged at the sight of the stuffed animal. She clutched it to her face. Did she recognize his cologne? It didn't matter. His gift had the effect he wanted. She skipped back into the house, holding the husky to her chest. That night, 
He'd taken care of his needs, nestled between the bushes in her backyard. His love roared through his body as he stared at her bedroom window, knowing that she was sprawled out on her bed, her silky hair fanned out across the pillow. His release had been incredible. Just thinking of the connection he had with her that night turned him hard again as he sat in the parking lot, waiting for her to come out of Young Guns. But tonight, as she went into the gun store, his heart twisted with anxiety. Why would she need a gun? Didn't she know that he would protect her with his life? He banged his head on the steering wheel in frustration. He'd done so much to show her his love, but still she felt insecure. He wasn't ready to declare himself to her, but he hated watching her suffer. He'd have to work on moving up the timeline. Something was troubling her, and he needed to step in and help. That's what men did. Step in and help. Three. Mike looked in the rear-rear mirror. He'd been trained to spot tails, and he knew how to evade them. But tonight, he wanted to be followed. She was two cars behind him. He'd been careful not to go through any yellows and lose her. She was so skittish that a simple thing like that could change her mind. At each intersection, he kept his eyes locked on her, hoping she wouldn't turn down another road. He gripped the steering wheel tighter and pushed the radio button. Did every station have to have ads at the same time? Nerves sizzled through Alicia. She kept hitting the radio buttons, but she couldn't find a song that she liked. Sometimes the radio sucked. She should just use the app on her cell. That way she never had to wait for a song that she liked. Why was she worried about music? Her life was spiraling out of control. She saw boogeymen behind every corner, and she didn't know when it would stop. She only knew that it had to. She couldn't live like this. As she stared at the truck that loomed ahead of her, she hoped following this stranger would be beneficial. He seemed polite enough. Maybe she should take a picture of his license plate and send it to Kara. She scoffed and rolled her eyes. That sounded like something her mother would have said. Man, if she was turning into her mother, then paranoia would soon be eating her alive. She felt so vulnerable and hated it. She clung to the possibility that if her very own personal pervert was following her, that he'd be scared off by Mike. That was why she stayed on Mike's trail. He looked scary enough, with his broad chest, hardened face, and muscled arms. She hoped her stalker wasn't even scarier. Mike turned on his blinker. He was relieved when she pulled into the turning lane behind him. He pulled into iron sights and found two empty parking spaces beside each other. Alicia pulled in next to Mike. Glad he parked near a streetlight. The sky was losing the last of the setting sun's colors. It would be dark by the time they left. He stood at the bed of his truck, waiting for her. His gun was clipped on his hip, and he held ear protection muffs in his hand. Glad you decided to come, he said. She liked the smile that he gave her. It made him look more approachable, a little less intimidating. I figured since you didn't run any yellows that you must really want a shooting partner, she teased. That was all she was going to do with him tonight. Tease. There was no way she was going anywhere alone with him. Good thinking, he said with a wink. 
She popped open the trunk and pulled out her gun and ammunition. We can load it inside, he said. He held his hand out to carry the ammo for her. Okay. She placed a box of ammo in his hand and walked quietly beside him. She wasn't sure what to say, and he wasn't exactly chatty, but she liked being in his presence. In an odd way, he made her feel safe. As they walked towards the building, people called out to Mike and waved from a distance. Once inside, several men greeted him, and he introduced her to them. She was glad that people seemed to like him, even respect him. It made her feel safer, more comfortable. Usually, she knew more about the men she wandered around with. I get the feeling that you come here often, Alicia said, looking at him from the corner of her eyes as they walked. He liked her eyes. It wasn't the color that made them beautiful. It was the kindness that he saw there. At least once a week, sometimes more, my friend owns this place. He extended his hand towards the front desk. We need to sign in. Then I'll teach you how to use that thing. Alicia gave a light chuckle. It's that obvious that I need instruction, she teased. He nodded. Just a little. He held his fingers slightly apart and smiled. After registering, Mike led her through the maze of the shooting range. She was surprised how nice it was. There was a simple cafe to one side, small classrooms down one hallway, and a small showroom where shooting supplies could be purchased. They turned down another hallway and came to a door. Mike pulled it open and held it for her. She stepped inside and was instantly impressed. The room was long and divided into numbered stalls. Hearing protection muffs hung on the wall beside the door, and the bang of shots echoed around her. Mike grabbed a pair of protective muffs from the wall and handed them to her. You're going to want these, he said. Then he put on his own pair of muffs. Alicia fit them over her ears, and instantly the gunshots were muffled. He held up his fingers and said, We're number four. He led the way to the fourth stall and placed his gun on the simple makeshift table set up between the stall walls. Excitement bubbled in Alicia. She'd gone shooting with her brother a few years ago, but she needed to practice if she wanted to actually hit her target. She laid her box of ammo and gun on the table and looked at Mike. He smiled at her. His lips curved ever so slightly. It was obvious that he was happy here. This was his element. Mike walked her through the steps of loading her Glock. As she placed each cartridge into the magazine, her confidence grew. It was all part of taking her life back. It wouldn't be helpless if her stalker attacked her. Although she didn't want to hurt anyone, she knew she could if she had to. Maybe if her stalker saw that she could defend herself, he would choose a different woman to obsess over. Part of her gut twisted on that idea. She didn't want to slough him off on someone else. She didn't want another woman to go through this nightmare. She wanted him stopped. Mike took a few shots, talking her through the shooting process. Then she picked up her gun. He molded her hands into the proper position and taught her how to stand. She tried to relax as she pulled the trigger, but the recoil and loud pop startled her the first time. Mike chuckled and helped her get back into position. He could tell that she was nervous and self-conscious when he stood too close, but as the night went on, she grew more comfortable with him. It was hard to talk as they shot. 
He focused on instructing her, and she focused on absorbing the power and confidence she felt with each shot. When they finished, he pressed a button, and the target at the end of the lane zipped towards them. She laughed when she saw how successful she was. There were more bullet holes in the white part of the paper than there should have been, but she still felt good. She'd managed to hit the black silhouette of the man a majority of the time. A few holes tore through his face, but his torso took the brunt of her inexperience. Mike picked up his gun and turned to exit the stall. She placed her hand on his arm. His muscle twitched under her fingers, and he turned his gaze onto her. She shrugged her shoulders and said, Aren't you going to shoot? He cracked a smile. I did a few at the beginning. I'm good for now. It was getting late, and he still wanted a chance to talk to her before he met Scott and the others. Alicia dropped her jaw. What? She held out her hands in mock shock. I want to see what you can do. She looked again at the silhouette she shredded with her inexperience and realized that the head and heart shots were probably his. She tilted her head and waved her hands over the holes in the white part of the paper. Prove to me that these aren't your shots, she said with a smirk. His shoulders rose as he chuckled. Okay, you win, but only because you twisted my arm. He grabbed another target and sent it down the lane. Alicia stood aside and watched him settle into position. He couldn't help but smile. He was easy on the eyes. His jeans hugged his butt and strong thighs nicely. When he raised his arms into position, the sleeves of his t-shirt rode up and showed more of his tattoos. She wasn't usually into inked-up arms. She could take them or leave them, but the intricate details on some of them were beautiful. When the target stilled, Mike unloaded the magazine. She hated tearing her eyes from his body to look at the black silhouette at the end of the lane, but she didn't want to embarrass herself by shamelessly gawking at him. When he finished his shots, he pressed the button, and the target sailed through the air towards them. Alicia raised her eyebrows in shock when she saw what he'd done. Impressive, she said, inspecting the paper. A big hole gaped through the forehead, and a larger hole shredded the area over the silhouette's heart. So Scott wasn't exaggerating when he said you were good with guns, she said. When he chuckled softly at her compliment, she felt herself flush as the deep sound warmed her. Her first impression was right. This man was dangerous. He clearly had the power to make her fall for him. When her cheeks flushed, he knew he had her. She needed him as much as he needed her. He had sins to atone for. And if she liked him, which her blush betrayed, he could protect her. Come on, he said, and picked up their stuff. He extended his arm in a polite gesture and said, After you. Alicia removed her protective puffs, grabbed an antiseptic wipe, and rubbed it around the padding. Then she tossed the wipe in the trash can and hung up the muff. Her nerves were returning, replacing the calm she felt moments ago in the safety of the shooting stall. It felt as if jittery bugs ran wild inside her, their tiny legs scratching and tickling her stomach. She wasn't ready to say goodnight to him yet, but she also wasn't brave enough to ask him out for a real date. Mike didn't want his time with her to end, but he felt better knowing that she could at least handle the gun now. Even if her aim wasn't great, she could injure an attacker, and sometimes that was good enough. He'd ask her to come back and practice some more. It wouldn't be a hardship. 
I'm thirsty, he said. Would you like to get a drink with me? We could grab something at the cafe. It'll give me a chance to give you a few more pointers. And gather more information. Not wanting to say goodbye to him yet, Alicia agreed. The cafe had several round tables in the center of the room, and booths lined the walls. The outside wall was all windows to allow in outside light, but now the glass showcased the darkness of night. They ordered their drinks and sat at a booth along the wall of windows. Alicia wrapped her hands around the warm mug and stared at the mountain of whipping cream that crested upon the hot chocolate. Thanks for the drink, she said, looking up at him. You're welcome. He liked the sound of her voice. He could imagine hearing the pleasant lilt on a regular basis. He hadn't had a real relationship with a woman in a long time. He'd dated, but nothing serious. His job wasn't conducive to relationships, but that was in his past. His life of long deployments was over, and he wanted to settle down, make some roots. He wanted a real relationship with a woman, one based on trust, commitment, and love. He was ready for that. He just needed to find the right woman. They chatted for a while and slowly sipped their drinks. Mike gave her some pointers in regards to her weapon and asked a lot of questions about her. She wanted to know more about him. She set her mug down on the table and gave him a smile. You've done a great job interviewing me, she teased. Now it's my turn. He grinned, his eyes trained on her. She liked the way his face transformed when he laughed. Little lines crinkled at his eyes, and his smile softened his serious face. You have a lot of tattoos, and you're obviously in shape. What do you do for a living? He smiled again. Glad she noticed that he was in shape. He'd let her look all she wanted to. I'm in private security. Huh, I could totally see that. I bet you're good, she said as her eyes wandered over his broad chest and muscled arms. Are you a bodyguard? He shrugged. There was no way he could tell her everything about his work, so we gave her an abridged version. Sometimes, we do a variety of things. One facet of my job is teaching others how to increase their security. Many of the larger companies offer security advice to their employees. They send their employees around the world, and we teach them how to protect themselves, what to wear and not wear while traveling, how to look for suspicious behavior, what to do in a crisis, stuff like that. Occasionally, we travel with people for added protection. That sounds pretty cool. Were you in the military before? She figured that must be it. If he were an ex-con, she doubted that he would be hired by a security firm. She hated that she was judging him on his appearance, but anyone with that many tattoos, scars, and muscles had a history to go along with them. Yes, he shook his head. He didn't want to talk about what he did in the military. Too many people had preconceived notions and stereotypes about who they thought he'd be when they heard what he'd done for a living. He wanted Alicia to decide for herself what she thought of him and not be influenced by propaganda and legends. He didn't want her making assumptions about him. I made great friends there, Mike continued. The guys are like brothers to me. Most of us keep in contact. He really didn't want to talk about himself. He needed to know more about her situation. Can I ask you about the stalker? He said hoping he hadn't ruined the connection that he felt with her by being so direct and cutting off her questions. She smiled and looked into the mug. They'd almost made it through a cup of hot chocolate for her and a cup of coffee for him 
without her thinking about the stalker. While they'd been talking about the gun and other mundane things, she'd been so focused on Mike and the good time that she was having that the stalker vanished completely from her thoughts. That rarely happened. With a forced smile, she said, What do you want to know? What didn't he want to know? He wanted to know every detail, every bit of information. He needed to know it all if he was going to be of any help. Even the mundane was important. What was the catalyst for you to buy a gun? Something must have happened to inspire you to finally drive to Young Guns and purchase a Glock. Alicia sucked in her bottom lip and chewed on it. Hmm, she mumbled and slowly twirled her mug in a circle. Like I said earlier, I realized I had a problem. Stalkers are never good, but I hoped I could wait them out. She added with a shrug. Just some loser guy who had a crush on me but wasn't man enough to ask me out. She snorted. Did that sound overly critical? Like she was man bashing when she was really just psycho bashing? But I came to realize that he was a serious problem. He wasn't just some incompetent man who needed to find another girl to take his mind off of me. She swallowed hard and looked into the window. But all she saw was her own reflection. The darkness surrounded them, and she suddenly felt nervous about going home alone. She'd recently started getting inside before dark, and she kept the security system on at all times. She knew her house was no fortress. If a man wanted inside, he could easily get in. But she didn't want any surprises, so she left it armed. It made her feel safer. Mike waited for her to say more. He was a patient man. He knew enough about human nature to know that if he didn't say anything, she'd eventually fill in the silence. He tried to look relaxed by resting his arms on the table and interlocking his fingers, but inside a storm was brewing. He knows where I live, she said soberly. She looked into Mike's eyes for strength. Even though he was intimidating, she saw goodness in him and she thought that he could be more than a shooting instructor. Mike didn't like that the man knew where she lived, but this information didn't surprise him. If the guy had been stalking her for a while, he knew all sorts of things about her that would make her skin crawl. He probably even tracked her monthly cycle. She sucked in a deep breath and began, I was going out with some friends, but I needed to stop by my house to drop something off. I didn't bother parking in the garage she said with a shrug of her shoulder. I just pulled into the driveway and ran into the house. I didn't even lock the car. She tilted her head and rubbed her fingers over her forehead, as if massaging herself would delete the memory of that night. I was just going inside for a minute. She sat straighter and looked Mike in the eyes. She found strength in him, even though he sat silently. But a friend called. The plans had changed and she wanted to update me, Alicia added casually. She scoffed and gave him a sad smile. When I went back out to the car, a stuffed animal lay on my seat. Mike read the tension in her face as her muscles tightened around her eyes and mouth. She swallowed more frequently, and her breathing had increased as she relayed the information. He smiled, trying to silently encourage her, but what she told him made his heart pound. He was watching you, Mike said calmly. He didn't want to scare her any more than she already was. Yeah, she nodded. He must have seen me get out of my car and run inside. She shook her head slowly in disbelief. He was there. 
He was probably looking at me at that very moment. She shivered and looked through the window into the darkness of night. I didn't see him. I didn't see anyone that I could even question. None of my neighbors were outside. He paused for a moment and then began again. I don't think he followed me. I think he was waiting for me. Mike nodded slowly. He was there. Mike knew how to hide. He could disappear in a jungle, desert, or city. Disappearing was one of his strengths. But he didn't like hearing that the stalker could hide, too. Most people would do something stupid and give themselves away. The shaking of leaves or the snapping of branches. Wearing the wrong clothes for camouflage. There were so many things to consider when trying to disappear. What did you do? He asked. I ran back inside and called my brother. He came by, but there was nothing he could do. He looked around the house, but didn't see any evidence of a break-in or the stalker. She took a sip of her hot chocolate. It was tepid, but she still liked the sweet taste. She set the mug down on the table and stared mindlessly at her thumb as she played with the handle. Mike knew what danger was. He knew how quickly life-altering things happened. The world changed in a heartbeat. One moment, someone was there, and the next, they were gone. As he stared at her, he didn't want a world that didn't have Alicia in it. She was one of those people that threw a bright light over the darkness of life. Do you have any suspects? Anyone who seems a little off? Mike asked. She'd mentioned flirting with other men. Now that he'd spent some time with her, that bothered him a little. He wasn't sure he liked the idea of other men flirting with her. But then again, he had no claim on her. But he couldn't help but notice that he was the one who was with her, not one of the guys from her life. None of those men had stepped up to support her as she bought a gun to protect herself. He didn't have much respect for those men who she considered her friends. Alicia set her mug down on the table. She wondered what Mike's motivation for that question was. Did he think that she already knew her stalker? Or was he interested in her private life? No suspects, she said, shaking her head. Really? Because when you first got the flowers, you thought one of the men in your life could have sent them. He hoped he wasn't being too pushy. But victims often knew their attackers before the incident. Busted, she teased. She took in a deep breath, thinking about the best way to talk about this. I have a circle of friends that I hang out with. Some of them are men. Sometimes we flirt. She tossed her hand to the side in a casual movement. It's pretty innocent stuff. But when I asked the guys about it, they all denied it. She tucked some stray hair behind her ear. Then I felt stupid for asking them. Mike would send her flowers if it would ease her fear. But flowers would now forever be associated with her stalker. He understood that. When he heard certain sounds or smelled certain scents, he flashed to a different place. Well... They're fools for not being here with you now. You told them your fears, and what did they do? Alicia sat stone-faced. She hadn't thought about it like that before. When she reached out to them and they denied their involvement, they hadn't supported her, hadn't asked if they could help. She hadn't heard from some of them for weeks. Thanks for being here, she said softly. She wanted to reach across the table and take his hand, but she was afraid of his response. She still didn't know what his motivation for helping her was. She hoped it was that he had a really big heart and a dash of interest in her. 
but she'd misread signals before. I'm glad I'm here, he stated. You shouldn't have to go through this alone. I'd like to say a few words to those pricks that left her hanging. What kind of man knows a woman is in trouble and shrugs his arms, thankful that she isn't his problem? You're doing the right thing, trying to protect yourself, Mike continued. That's smart. We can meet tomorrow to work on your shot some more. I'm free all day. What time works for you? He leaned back in the booth and crossed his arms. Alicia wasn't quite sure what to think of his comment. He said it as if it was a done deal and not an offer for help that she could refuse. But security was his livelihood, and she'd be a fool not to take him up on it. Was he just super ambitious and bored, or did he find her attractive? She figured it wouldn't take long to figure out. He didn't seem like the kind of man to play games. He'd been respectful to her all night. She wouldn't say he'd been flirty, but he had paid attention and seemed genuinely concerned. She could spend more time with him. How about in the morning around 11? Then I can buy you lunch. Sounds good, but you don't have to buy me lunch, he said, shaking his head. He'd already planned on asking her for lunch or dinner, whichever one better suited the time that worked for her. Alicia chuckled. I'd like to. I have a feeling I'm getting a good deal here, she said. Unless you're going to send me a bill for all your help. She raised an eyebrow and continued, seeing that security is what you do for a living. She laughed lightly with a hint of nerves. She wasn't sure what the going rate was for military-trained personal security. She bet it was a lot more than a teacher's hourly wage. He loved her smile. Her face lit up and her eyes sparkled as joy emanated from her. He'd seen haunted faces for so long that he wanted to wrap himself in her light. No, Mike replied with a firm nod. You're not paying me. I'm here because I want to be. Her heart fluttered a little, and she couldn't keep the corners of her lips from curving into a smile. She wanted to spend time with him. She wanted to spend all day with him, but she didn't want to act desperate. She already oozed the pathetically scared vibe and she didn't want to add needy or high maintenance to it. Mike tapped the screen on his cell and slid it across the table to her. Add your information to my contact list. I can pick you up tomorrow. She picked up the cell and typed in her address and number. So I'll see you at 11? She slid the phone back to him. He picked it up and hit call. Her phone rang. She opened her bag and held up the cell. The cheery song continued to play. Are you making sure I didn't give you a fake number? She asked suspiciously. She tapped the screen and the song stopped. He disconnected the call and set his cell on the table. Not at all. His lips quirked into a smile. Now you have my number. Call or text me if you notice anything out of the ordinary. And Alicia, you can call me even if you're just scared. His gaze pierced her. He felt as if he looked into her soul and saw her fears and desires. He seemed like the kind of man who would face adversity and destroy any enemy. And boy, was she in trouble. When she first laid eyes on him, he'd intimidated her. He was so different from the men that she spent time with. But now, when she looked at him, she didn't see scary. She saw dependable and safe. He liked that about him. So you have the gun, Mike said, pointing to the Glock. What other safety measures have you taken? I have an alarm system. Mike nodded. 
That was an advantage, although it would be easy for someone like him to get around. Hopefully her stalker didn't have that skill set. The alarm would tip her off and give her a few precious moments to save herself. That's good. He gave a quick nod and kept his eyes on her face. He didn't want her to catch him ogling her chest. She smiled and gave a little laugh. What? Mike asked. What's funny? He held his hands out in question. I'm sorry, but you look so serious. I can only imagine how intimidating you are when you're not trying to be nice. You think I'm nice? He said, chipping away at her resolve. He'd noticed the apprehension she felt towards him when they first met had evaporated as the night progressed. He liked that. Yes, she replied with a laugh. Is that so surprising? She knew it shouldn't surprise her that he was kind. A pang of guilt flashed through her as she realized how badly she misjudged him. She had a feeling she was sitting across from a man unlike any other that she'd spent time with, and she was the lucky one. No, I guess not, Mike said. Nice, it's just not an adjective that's used to describe me very often. She chuckled and felt her cheeks flush. Oh, boy, was she in trouble. What else are you doing? He liked the glow on her face as she blushed and her blue eyes scanned his face. Doing? She looked around confused for a moment. Oh, I also have a dog. Dogs are good. He subtly nodded his head. Man's best friend is a great deterrent and warning system. The stalker certainly knew about the dog. Perhaps that's why he'd left the stuffed animal in the car and hadn't tried to break into her house. She looked at the time on her phone. She needed to get back to Forrest. He probably needed to be outside for a little bit. Plus, she felt bad for keeping Mike so late. He probably had plans for the evening that she was wrecking. Speaking of which, I need to get home and let Forrest out. She picked up her cell and dropped it into her purse. Thank you for your help tonight. I really appreciate it. He didn't want to let her go. He wanted to follow her home and check out her house, but he wasn't going to barge into her life unasked. He'd give her until tomorrow. Then he'd barge into her life whether she asked for his help or not. He was patient, not crazy. He slid out of the booth and offered her his hand. She placed her hand in his and shimmied out of her seat. He grabbed their empty cups and put them in the bin. Then he picked up their supplies and they walked side by side to their vehicles. He put her gun and ammo into the truck and walked her to the car door. Thanks again for your help, she said, gazing up at him. Her nerves zipped and zapped through her. This hadn't started as a date, but at that moment, it sure felt like one. She stared at his lips and hoped that he would touch his to hers. He watched her tongue slide over her lips as she stared at him. He wanted to taste those lips. He tried all night to be a gentleman, but at that moment, he just wanted to pull her to his body and show her how he felt about her. And since he was a man of action, that's what he did. Before she knew it, his hands encircled her hips, and his fingers spanned her waist. Her pulse skyrocketed as he leaned down and placed his lips softly against hers. His tongue darted out and traced her lips, but the kiss was over as quickly as it began. She smiled up at him, still reeling from the intimacy of their kiss. She'd like that he'd done that. She didn't have the courage to make the first move, and now that he'd opened the door... She would find the courage tomorrow. She would get another kiss out of him. 
It took every ounce of determination within him to end the kiss. He wanted to hold her, nibble on her lips, and feel her squirm against his body. But the shooting range parking lot was not the place for that. He wanted what they did to be special, private, and there were too many prying eyes here. Do me a favor, he said. Text me when you get home. Let me know that you're okay. He opened the car door for her. She slid onto the seat and looked up at him. I will. Thanks, Mike. You're welcome, he said and shut the door. He watched her back out of the parking space and turn onto the road. He looked around for any car that followed her out of the lot, but nothing seemed suspicious. He hated that he didn't follow her home, but he was already late. He needed to check in with the guys, and then he'd start the hunt. I hope you enjoy chapters two and three of Blood Kiss. On Friday, we will see inside Pacey's thoughts as he waits for Alicia while she's inside Iron Sights with Mike. You can find Karen's other novels on Amazon. Many are free to read with Kindle Unlimited. You can also follow my secret obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Cherish Lively to keep up with various novels and authors that we will feature. Do you want to be part of my secret obsession? I'm looking for secrets and tattletales to read aloud on the podcast. Do you know any small town secrets? Have you had a brush with danger that rocked your world? Are supernatural activities or hauntings keeping you up at night? Write your story and send it to my secret obsession podcast at gmail.com.